Good afternoon. This is Greg McBride and Mike Lung for the Allendale Market Talk podcast. Today we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, uh, the winter weather that we've been seeing come across to the Midwest, uh, how that's impacting harvest, and uh, we'll talk about South America and what their weather situation looks like. And then, like always, we've got to talk a little bit about China. So, Mike, let's start with China and where we stand on this phase one deal. Yes, it's been an interesting week. Start off Monday with President Trump saying that we were ahead of schedule. We're going to get something signed for the phase one at the APEC meeting. Tuesday led to uncertainty. We heard that, well, don't be surprised if there's not an actual deal that gets signed there, but don't take that as talks breaking down. And now today we have the APEC meeting is canceled altogether, not just between Trump and Xi, but the whole shebang right, over the, protests over down there in Chile. Right, all kinds of uh, rioting and, and violence down in uh, in Chile. So we are, uh, at the moment, uh, the UN is is looking into alternatives for uh, where we can have this, uh, this APEC uh, summit. And uh, it remains to be seen on where or if this uh, this summit will actually take place. I don't obviously this is not an indication that the U.S. and China are not going to get together sometime in the near future. But if they push back a week or two, I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. Maybe it does mean that these the the deputies and the principals can actually get a better deal written and set in stone here. Right, because if it didn't happen over the last year and a half, the next next month of openness is probably going to come in here and help us get those last details hammered in. Well, I mean, we're we're only roughly a month away from uh, the one-year anniversary of uh, getting this whole thing done at the G20 summit uh, last December, which, you know, obviously here we are a year later and we are real close. <laughs> real close, just like we're still real close at sign- actually getting the – USMCA through the house that was signed last year at the G20. Yeah, but yeah, you know we're close this time. Right. I think <laughs> next uh, the next month is critical that uh, we might maybe kind of happily get something done. Who knows? So let's talk. Uh, let's talk about this this weather situation. Over the last few weeks, um, it kind of seems like we've been really kicking in high gear on uh, on Midwest harvest, getting the corn and beans out. I think we're uh, about forty percent done as of. This uh, recording for for corn and we're sixty uh, ish on beans, so mm-hmm. we're rolling right along. We are behind, obviously, because well, let's face it, this whole year's been behind. Mm-hmm. Now we're getting into winter weather. We've seen some snow come across the the Midwest, particularly, uh, obviously in, in the northern plains a couple of weeks ago. But now it's in the heart of the the Midwest with Iowa getting a piece of this. Uh, I think they had uh, three to five inches yesterday. Parts of Missouri had some. Central Illinois had some. Northern Illinois had a little dusting. So what's uh, what's this going to do as far as is th- does this completely shut down any of the crop that's not mature? Is this going to do damage? Or, or where, where does this leave us as far as how harvest is going to plot along here? Well, based on what they're giving us for maturity dates, it doesn't seem like we're really – hurting too bad on the percent matured. So I, I doubt that this snow is really going to come in here and really hurt us too bad on the corner and things. The big thing has been everyone looking to push for those beans, and beans have been the main focus, getting those out of the ground as quickly as possible. And I don't know about you, but I've been hearing from a lot of my guys that they're 
pleasantly surprised about what they're able to get out of ground for beans. It seemed like they weren't looking too great, but now they're pulling them out of the ground, and it's, it's looking pretty average, which at this point's a happy uh, happy thing to see. Yeah, I've, I've heard uh, anywhere from uh, – Similar to last year to slightly higher than than last year to down 5 to 10%, but not a failure by any means. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, we're down uh, on uh, production overall because we'll look at the amount of acres we planted. But right. I, I think the, the big story, you know, as we move forward is, you know, is this going to mess with um, insurance uh, if the if the the crop is not out of the field? Uh, at a certain time, or are we going to lose some to it hitting the ground and not being able to be picked up? You mm-hmm. know, how much is going to hit the ground and stay on the ground? Right. So um, now, we're as we you know harvest South America's uh, in planting mode, mm-hmm. and it's it kind of started out slow in Brazil, but now it sounds like even though they're dry and they've continued to to stay that way. Uh, it kind of sounds like they've caught they've caught up to their to their normal pace. Yeah, they're right on pace for planting at this point, and that's going to be interesting, especially if they were worried about being behind and trying to get as much in as possible. You might see that come in here and have a pretty decent crop if you get the rains coming in here. Right. A lot of times, you know, when we talk about planting the dust in your benzo bust, they kind of need the opposite effect. They need that that rain and you know two three inches uh is not enough to sustain them they need you know four five six inches uh every week or every other week to kind of push things along just because it's a different uh soil type down there mm-hmm. now um what are we hearing as far as uh, argentina we've been hearing a lot about their elections what's going on with the president uh, there's been talks about the new president coming in here and uh, not being too friendly to the farmers, uh, looking for export taxes and things along those lines. Nothing official has been said in those regards yet, but it's something that we're monitoring, seeing if Argentina's export pace does get hit here, especially with corn now competitive, more competitive on the world market with it being under Brazil prices. I mean, we very well could be pricing ourselves out very quickly with the recent rally we've been having. But well, uh, to your point, though, I mean, looking at the export side of things, the peso down there is just in a tailspin. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's a dumpster fire. Mm-hmm. So we're at a point where we're we're not necessarily as competitive because of that issue. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, over the last uh, I think year or two, they've picked up their their export uh, pace, and they've they've really been going gangbusters and. You know, you can make the case that they've picked up a lot of the slack that the USDA or the U.S. has dropped off. So um, I know we saw yesterday or, or the day before that Brazil uh, and U.S. Uh, corn prices, that we finally have U.S. corn prices uh, at a at a better rate than the uh, the Brazil side of things. Um, do you think that that's, that's going to be the case uh, here with Argentina shortly? Um, what's, I mean, do we need to see corn come down 10 or 15 cents? I, last I checked, I thought we were pretty fairly priced. We are, but there's also like, you know, the time of year we usually do see us become more competitive because it's harvest around here. We usually see Brazil's prices trade at a premium to ours because just the time of year. But even with that being said, we could still see this fall back. We could still see that harvest pressure, especially with the delayed pressure. 
And normally for mid-November, it's not odd to see corn in that 365 to 370 level. Right. We got to train at 390 and three quarters as the close on Tuesday. And everyone loves to see the higher prices, uh, but will it stay there? I mean, we're you got the argument that the basis is still staying firm. You got the carry structure that's not extremely bearish, but at the same time, we saw that on the entire move lower from uh, late June to mid-August. Mm-hmm. So we could still see basis narrow. We could still see the carry structure not showing it to be overly bearish, but at the same time, we could see us leak lower because we don't have demand. You have the computer systems trading a 1.9 carryout at this point, and it will be interesting to see if USDA brings down that carryout at all. Um, so until we see something that's saying that this supply is 100% going to take a larger hit than expected, we're 100% going to see the quality lower than expected, and you can get that trading in a data set, you're going to have some issues here. Mm-hmm. So it is something to monitor. I mean, higher price is great. Uh, look to be selling some cash, getting some short-term hedges on, but don't be surprised if it does take a correction lower. Well, let's talk uh, quickly about uh, about beans. And uh, I guess everybody looking at, at the bean numbers, uh, whether it's U.S. or world uh, side of things, the U.S. Uh, any stocks are, are favorable considering all the issues we have with, uh, with trade, especially, obviously, in China. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 400, I think it was a 460. It was the last uh, ending stocks number. We'll get a new one on, uh, on November 8th here. But, you know, looking at, at that, understanding that we should see we'll see production down this year and with the dryness in South America rich is telling us that it's it's not time necessarily to, to get bullish or we can't necessarily get bullish mm-hmm. on on soybeans uh, for production issues he was telling us that the uh, I think it was 2011 was the last time that all three countries US Brazil and Argentina saw reduction in in production uh, year over year and it wasn't until December, I think it was mid, early to mid-December before we actually even saw uh, the prices stop falling off. Mm-hmm. That was so, the first week of December that year. Yeah. So, I mean, we it, it's one of those things, and I think we've said it you know, multiple times with, with soybeans, is this is something that you can get bullish on. It's just not necessarily there yet. Right. And something else to realize as well is the 31st could be first notice for beans. And you have now the January contract being the most active. That's in at 930. And economically speaking, 940 is our economic value point for beans. So they're sitting there and they're they're actually a little bit lower than that. But they're going into that range where mm-hmm. we had this front month November trading at just a week ago, where it was bump, bumping between that 930 and 940. And now you're seeing that. January start to work its way into that same price point. So, again, we're not really doing too much of anything. It looks great on the movement for the day where we see some large movement days. But when you're looking at it from where the most volume is, we really haven't done anything because we shifted it from the November contract trend between 930 and 940 to now the January contract trend between 930 and 940. And pretty great volume compared to 
what corn's doing. I think we actually had beans outpace corn volume on the January to the December contract on uh, on Wednesday. Well, and look at the fundamental picture of what we've seen since the last WASDE report on, on October 11th. That was also the day that phase one was announced by, mm-hmm. the, by the president. So we've had good information thrown all, thrown all of our ways, and everybody sh- should be getting excited. Yet here we are, what, 15 to 25 cents off our off our highs from right after that report came out. It corns off its highs, wheats off its highs. So is this just harvest pressure or is this the, you know, you fooled me enough times getting bullish on on trade talks uh, or is it a little bit of a combination of both? I think it can be both. And I think it really goes to show with just the last several days, I mean, the just vast difference between Monday and today where we were most definitely getting something signed at the APEC meeting to, well, we're definitely meeting, but that doesn't mean things are breaking down, to unbeknownst to us and not planned APEC being just taken out of the picture, which is another variable to add in. Because we haven't had Trump and Xi in the same room all year. Yeah, it definitely seems like um, from the U.S. side, it really does seem like we've put the cart before the horse. As soon as we get any inclination that there's something positive when it comes to trade, we have to make an announcement. We have to, we have to get it out there. And then it's, you know, whether it's China or whether it's uh, advisors within the White House or the U.S. Trade Representative's office or anything like that, it's, they kind of pump the brakes on us. As mm-hmm. soon as we be, have this big announcement, everything looks great. Well, hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's let's slow it down. And that's unfortunately until we see pen to paper on this phase one deal and we actually get some specifics, I don't think you can get overly bullish on uh, on ag purchases of 20 billion this year or mm-hmm. in in the next year or, tw- or 40 to 50 over the next two years. Mm-hmm. It's just a kind of bide your time and wait and see type attitude. Yeah, and another thing you have to be watching going forward is we did get a Fed rate cut today, but they also indicated that there could be a pausing coming up. And mm-hmm. Trump's made his spot known that he, he wants rates cut as quickly and as fast as possible. So if we do pause it and don't really do anything, the Fed doesn't make any more decisions to cut rates. We saw the last time they decided not to cut rates was when Trump announced, I think it was in September, the next round of tariffs, which eventually got paused, eventually got delayed. But as soon as there's any indication of no rate cuts, it seems like Trump is ready to increase tariffs. So mm-hmm. next meeting in December, next round of tariffs are maybe or may not go into effect in December. And that could be a big variable as to whether or not those tariffs are in fact going in place. Right. Now, let's talk about something real quick before we we end this thing. We do, like I mentioned earlier, we do have a USDA report on November 8th. Uh, This, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but this will probably be the last opportunity that we have for the USDA USDA to actually make any changes to production. Normally, I think they pretty well kick the can in December and just repost the November numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so at this point, we're waiting to see what they're going to do with production, what they're going to do with yield. We may see a change in harvested acres, but 
are, is this anything to get excited about, or are we just basically going to sit here in neutral waiting for a China deal or just waiting for that, that January report? Short answer, no. <laughs> um, longer answer, we've seen it since August. They have to drop harvest. They have to drop yields. They have to drop carryout. No, they don't. And we've seen that time and time again. They're so good at kicking the can down the road. Mm-hmm. And we've seen it so many times to not expect at this point. So if you're looking for some big cut, some big bullish report, I unfortunately don't think that it's going to be this one. Mm-hmm. We've been saying it pretty much since August. Be looking for that final report come January. Yeah. Uh, if you want to be bullish, you could always look at December options. They will get you through the report, but I want to put your neck out in the line expecting the USDA to really be helpful on this next report to bring us to this $4, 410 area mm-hmm. again. Well, and I think this, you know, the, that's exactly when it comes to marketing too. You need to look at that and understand what you've got, how much storage space you've got on farm, uh, and and say, well, you know what, I'm in the middle of harvest. I know I can store X amount of bushels, but the rest is going to have to go to town. Look at your prices. There's nothing that says you can't lock in at these levels before you harvest it and just say, hey, listen, I'll be there in two weeks or I'll be there next month with right. with X amount of bushels. Um, that's the thing to remember is that, like I said, we're 15 to 20 cents off the uh, off the highs in in uh, corn, mm-hmm. we're five, fifteen to twenty-five cents off the off the highs in in beans. Uh, if something goes awry with China, or they make no changes, or they increase yield again on say corn or even beans, we could easily backtrack another twenty or thirty cents. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I've mean, seen so many times where month to month we're moving ten, twenty, thirty, forty cents. And we're up here on hopes of China. Yes, we're at economic value, but we've seen it before where we sit at economic value, something comes out, China one way or another, and we're futures market. We price things in in the future. Mm -hmm. So don't be surprised to see some big movement if nothing happens. Well, that's right. We're not going to, you know, we're not going to go to economic value and just sit there for the next three months, six months until we see demand change. Mm -hmm. Right. So... Well, for today, for today for Allendale Market Talk, Mike Lung, Greg McBride, if you guys have any questions, please give us a call at 800-262-7538. You guys have a great one.